Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning. It is Wednesday, July 6th, 2022. You're listening to the Red Sea Roundup. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Deacon Mike Beauvais. I hope everybody had a wonderful 4th of July. I certainly did. I actually got to play golf this weekend, which hasn't happened in quite a while. So life is good. Today, as always, we're going to have a great show for you. In the second part of our show today, we're going to have a conversation with Julia Mishler, the principal, and Maria Sotolongo, director of development and admissions at St. Joseph's Catholic School. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Catholic schools in general and St. Joseph's in particular. But before we do that, as always, I want to welcome everyone listening to us here in the Brazos Valley on KEDC 88.5 FM Hearn Bryan College Station. And a shout out to our Central Texas listeners on KYAR 98.3 FM Lorena Waco. And also to our listeners in Palestine on KINF 107.9 FM. We're live this morning, so if there's something that you want to share with us about what's going on in your parish, Feel free to give us a call at 85-LOVE-RED-C. That's 855-683-7332. And I am blessed to be joined in the studio this morning, not only by one, but both of the people in charge. Dennis Maka, how are you this morning? I'm doing very well. I wanted to know, life is good, you said, but is your golf game good? Um, I broke 90, which after not playing for three we, uh, three or four months, I'll take. 90 is a pretty good score. I, I hit, the last time I went golfing, I was at 87 over par. Is that good? <laughs> well, uh, all depends on what uh, your goal was. <laughs> that also, was just, uh, better than expected is what that was. Also want to say good morning to Dr. Thaddeus Romanski, who's joining us this morning. Hey, the blessing is all mine to be in the same room as you, Deacon Mike. Good morning. Well, normally being in the same room with me gives you time off in purgatory, so I appreciate you making that comment. Uh, also on the phone this morning, we have Deacon Robin Waters. Good morning, Deacon. Good morning, Deacon Mike. It's an honor to be be with you as well and, and to listen to our to our smooth uh Dr. Thaddy is speaking to you. I'm just, I'm just always impressed when I hear him talk. He's got such a wonderful voice. <laughs> Thank you, Deacon Robin. I appreciate He's that. He's pretty cute, too. He's pretty cute. <laughs> oh, boy. It's getting deep in here. <laughs> uh, we're going to change things up just a little bit uh, this morning. Uh, rather than talking about what's going on around uh, – the radio listening area, we're going to start out with our saints of the day, and I have two this morning. And Wonderful. The uh, reason I have two is because I wanted already, to emphasize the contrast. Spoke to you. What? You already just spoke to us. You're talking about us again now? <laughs> oh, the actual saints. Uh, actual saints, not saints in the making. 
which we all are. But uh, today the church celebrates uh, the memorial of Maria Goretti. But yesterday the church celebrated the feast of Elizabeth of Portugal. And uh, her feast day is actually on July 4th. But because the United States celebrates July 4th as a holiday, the church has perpetually moved it to July 5th in the United States. Fascinating. Now, I know about St. Elizabeth of Hungary, but I didn't know there was a St. Elizabeth of Portugal, so why don't you enlighten us about her first? Well, the fascinating thing is that Elizabeth of Hungary is the great aunt of Elizabeth of Portugal. Elizabeth of Portugal was actually named after Elizabeth ah, of Hungary. All right. Fascinating. So there's a there's a family connection there between the two Elizabeths. And not only that, there's a similarity because both of them were married to rulers in their region. And like, let me say, it goes without saying, obviously, the original St. Elizabeth, the cousin of our Blessed Mother. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's yes, her too. Yes, the third Elizabeth. Yes. Which the other two were named after exactly, by extension. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So, uh, but... One of the things uh, that differentiates Elizabeth of Hungary from Elizabeth of Portugal is Elizabeth of Hungary, her husband was very supportive of her uh, charitable efforts. Yes. This was not the case with Elizabeth of Portugal. Okay. So one of the stories told about Elizabeth of Portugal is one day she snuck out of the castle with a basket of bread and her mm-hmm. husband caught her hmm. and asked what she was doing. Okay. She didn't want to lie. She didn't want to lie. All she did is open up the basket and was filled with roses. Oh, a Marian intervention, possibly. A Marian intervention, more than likely. Mm -hmm. But most of Elizabeth of Portugal's efforts were after the death of her husband. And so um, she is known as an older saint and... This is why I wanted to talk about both her oh, and... That's an interesting contrast. Exactly. Uh, the memorial of Maria Goretti, who is the youngest martyr. Oh, I don't know she celebrate. was the youngest well, martyr. Uh, other than the Holy Innocents. Yeah. Because she died at 11. And so um, I believe St. Lucy was older than that. And so uh, Maria Goretti... Um, was basically murdered by a young man that lived in the house that she and her family lived in. Right. He was a, I think he was like a day laborer, a temporary laborer yes. on their, on the farm where mm-hmm. they were um, hired, hired hands. Yes. Uh, and um, if memory serves. He had previously made advances on Maria Goretti in spite of the fact that she was only 10 years old at the time, 11 at the time that he killed her. Mm-hmm. And um, she resisted him to the point where he became so furious that he stabbed her 14 times. And so often when we emphasize uh, St. Maria Goretti, what we emphasize is the fact that her purity was so important to her that she was willing to offer up her life. But what I have found more fascinating even than that is she forgave her killer because she did not die after the 14 stab wounds. She forgave him on her deathbed. She forgave him on her deathbed. But not only that, her mother 
sat next to him at our canonization, mm-hmm. which at the time was the most attended canonization in church history. Because mm-hmm. her fame spread at least all over Italy, for all sure. over Italy, for sure. And uh, all around the world uh, because of the emphasis from Pope Pius XII. Yes. And, uh, but I think uh, it's important to note the contrast in ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maria Goretti, the youngest or one of the youngest saints that we have recognized in the church calendar. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth of Portugal, whose saintliness carried her into old age. And so often what we hear when God calls us is the same excuse from Jeremiah, I'm too young. (laughs) Or the excuse that I'm too old. Well, these saints remind us that neither excuse holds any water. We're called to be saints when God calls us to be saints. And uh, our job is basically just to say, here I am, Lord. Now, that is, you were going to add something from the letter. Yeah, if we had a real quick moment, something else that is remarkable is that St. Maria Goretti intervened. She not only forgave her killer, she intervened for his salvation supernaturally. He, she appeared to him. Uh, Alessandro Serenelli was his name, and he went on to live a life of piety and charity while he was in prison for 27 years, and then he entered a Capuchin monastery, and he left behind a letter before he died, and I'm just going to read a little brief piece from it. He wrote, Little Maria was really my light, my protectress. With her help, I behaved well during the 27 years of prison and tried to live honestly. The brothers of St. Francis Capuchins welcomed me with angelic charity into their monastery as a brother, not as a servant. I've been living with their community for 24 years, and now he was about to be 80. He died in 1970. I am serenely waiting to witness the vision of God, to hug my loved ones again, and to be next to my guardian angel and her dear mother, Asunta. Now, he was using that figuratively, Maria being his guardian angel, but she transformed that man's soul with her with her forgiveness even across the um the chasm of of death and he referred to her as his saint long mm-hmm. before her canonization yeah. yeah now uh moving right along uh robin you were going to talk to us about the family retreat yes i sure was uh up here in the Central Texas area, we're going to have a family retreat on Saturday, July 30th. It's going to be held at St. Louis Catholic Church in Waco. Uh, if if anyone's interested in uh, becoming a part of this wonderful day of uh, of uh, mass and adoration and confessions and wonderful speakers on uh, how we can grow as a family in our holiness, uh, they can go to redsearadio.org and into forward slash registration and uh, get information on that. You can also do redsearadio.org forward slash retreat. You actually have more details there before before you get to the registration portion of it. It's only $30 for a whole family. And that's going to be two meals, snacks, drinks all day long. Uh, It's going to be just a wonderful time of reflection and fun, you know. 
So just encouraging everybody in the listening area to uh, check out that uh, retreat for for families, July 30th. And, and one other thing I just wanted to mention concerning the retreat, you know, typically when we're talking about a family retreat, we're talking about uh, uh, mom, dad, and the kids. But we also want to encourage people whose children have grown and moved off that, you know, want to grow in holiness as a couple. Also, uh, single parent families, you know, a mom or a dad that, that is, for whatever reason, uh, they don't have a spouse right now, but still have several kids. Uh, uh, we welcome everyone to come and just spend this time together uh, with the Lord and trying to grow in our relationship with him, and especially around how we continue to grow up with him uh, as a family. Sounds like great fun. I know that when we had it here in uh, the Brazos Valley, uh, it was well attended and everybody there had an absolute blast. And I'm sure it's going to be exactly the same up there. But also, it's filled with prayer and community. Absolutely. And and we're starting to fill up. We've got a pretty good group of people signed up, of families signed up to come so far. And so if you're interested... Uh, please uh, go to redsearadio.org forward slash retreat and uh, check it out and sign up if you decide to come. If you're, I know during the summer schedules are, are busy, but it's one day. Uh, it, it's going to be, I'm not going to say a relaxing day, but for the parents, we will be taking care of your kids. So uh, you, while you're learning uh, about uh, how to grow in holiness as a family, uh, we've got, uh, people that are trained and, of course, EIM certified to to care for their children, and you know we'll be having breaks and they'll they'll have access to see them as much as they want. But uh, uh, it'll be a good day for those couples to just spend time uh, with the Lord together. Thank you for letting us know about this, and I hope everybody up in the Central Texas area takes advantage of this and signs up. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for being here, Deacon Robin. All right. We've got less than a minute left before we need to go to break. And uh, check out uh, Victory Sports' website for the latest information on Victory Sports because we still have a few spots left for uh, signing up. Uh, football and volleyball. Volleyball. Football, volleyball. VictoryYouthSports.org. Go there. Register. All right. Uh, as I mentioned on the other side, we're going to be talking with Julia Mishler, the principal, and Maria Sotolongo, Director of Development and Missions at St. Joseph Catholic Schools. Stay tuned for that, and we'll be back in just a shake. All this I can, And we're back. You're listening to the Red Sea Roundup. I am your host, Deacon Mike Beauvais. And as promised, in a moment, we're going to be speaking with Julia Mishler, the principal at St. Joseph's Catholic School, and Maria Sotolongo, the director of development and admissions. And we're going to take a journey through Catholic schools in general, St. Joseph's in particular, and get to know these ladies a little bit. So good morning, Good morning. Hello, Deacon. How are you today? I am doing absolutely wonderful. Uh, Julia, we're going to start with you. All righty, sir. 
Uh, tell our listeners a little bit about you, your faith journey, and how you ended up being the principal at St. Joseph's. That is a beautiful story, and I would love to share that. I am... Originally born and raised in Garland, Texas, so just up outside the DFW area, and a came down to A&M to go to college and um, met my husband here and ended up having some kids and decided that this was a great place to raise a family, as is the journey in many Aggies that get down here. And part of that journey for me was getting to meet some really incredible people along the way that kind of opened my eyes. I grew up um, as a Christian in, in the Baptist um, religion. And so met some awesome people while I was down here who, like I said, opened my eyes to what Catholicism is and, and what it could be and, and how that interacted with me and, and my life. And so through that process, went through RCAA here at St. Mary's about 10 years ago and was able to really just enjoy the the community, the Catholic community that we have here in Bryan College Station. It is absolutely such a gift to the people that we have here and uh, St. Joseph's in particular. I, along that way, became a teacher and an assistant principal and a principal in public school. And a year ago, almost to the day, became the principal at St. Joseph's Catholic School in Bryan. And so, yes, have um, getting ready to start my 18th year in education. So very, very excited about that. Well, thank you for being here. Yes, sir. And Maria, same question to you. <laughs> well, thank you for having me, first of all. What a, what a treat. Um, and what an honor and huge blessing to work alongside Ms. Mishler and at St. Joseph's Catholic School. Um, I am a cradle Catholic. I was born in Spain, in uh, Madrid, Spain, and I lived there till I was 10. So grew up in a very, very Catholic Spanish family. And um, just, we moved to the United States, we moved to Houston when I was 10, and I've gone to Catholic school my whole life. So it is a huge, again, very grateful to, to be able to, to have had that. Now that I'm a parent myself with kids, three kids in, in Catholic education, I know how much of a sacrifice that is um, to be able to afford that and the sacrifices that you have to make in your old li- own life to be able to do that. Um, I've had my ups and downs, I think, as any human being does mm-hmm. with Catholic, um, the Catholic faith. And, um, you know, with struggles comes sometimes doubt. And and why do I believe what I believe in? And, and why does this happen to a, a God-fearing human being? And so it makes you question. And, and I think it just makes you stronger as, as a believer and as a Catholic. But um, all in all, it's a, it's just been a really fun ride, a fun journey. We moved out from Houston. We moved to um, Navasota, actually, where our family has some land about um, October 2020. And then I homeschooled my kids for that COVID year. And then we found St. Joseph's Catholic School. And here we are today. So you started out homeschooling. How did you end up in administration at St. Joseph's? <laughs> well, I skipped a lot of, of in-between there, Deacon. Um, my background is in, in broadcasting. Actually, I have a meteorology degree and radio and television has actually been my, my background for about 20 years in uh, the Spanish market and in the English market. And so the communications is my passion in any fashion, I think, or um, you know whether it's written or spoken or, of course, television or radio, I've, I've always really love that and connecting people and just community work and volunteering was always a big passion as well. So that's my background. And I homeschooled really just because of COVID, but I love, I love 
teaching and sharing and educating. And, um, and I have been a substitute teacher and I've worn many hats uh, in, my, in my life. It's been an honor to be able to kind of dabble in different things and learn along the way. And uh, so after that COVID year, and, and we felt it was a good time to bring our children back to school because we were in this area and we were new to the uh, Brazos Valley and to, and to Grimes County as well, we found St. Joseph. And, you know, just talking to Ms. Mishler on the phone, she didn't know me. She didn't know my background. She didn't know my story, but I was able to share with her. We'd had some hardships and job losses because of COVID. And I had to tell her this, our story. And how she opened her heart and her her arms and her just her willingness to to help us out, you know. And so I'm honest in our in our journey and saying, although I'm in administration, we started out as as a family at St. Joseph, and um, we just were helped along the way. You know, we had financial assistance as well because we could not afford to send three kids to the school mm-hmm. and. Your response, Ms. Mishler, I mean, I'll never forget it. I hope that this is just the beginning of, you know, I've known you for about a year, but I hope it's the beginning of a, of a very long journey together because I know that God placed us in, in this path together for a reason. And then when I was offered a position, I I mean, I, I think maybe I waited an hour. Let me, I said, let me talk to my husband. <laughs> and then uh, And then I said, okay, yes, yes, we're in. Now, when you talk to your husband, did you ask or just tell him you were going to take the job? <laughs> exactly. I said, we're doing this, but uh, what go. do you think? <laughs> now, I must say, you are about as comfortable behind the microphone as any guest I've ever had. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I, 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 yes, it's my. It's in my blood a little bit. Say, this is her wheelhouse. This is, this is her jam right here. <laughs> I like it. Yes. Well, it's good to have you. Thank you so much. Uh, Julia, I had a question for you. I'm in charge of RCIA at St. Anthony's. Yes, sir. And so, you know, people come through RCIA from other faith backgrounds, and almost all of them have one issue that is the hardest to overcome on their journey to becoming Catholic. What was it for you? I think for me— the journey to becoming Catholic was, I, I, like I said, I grew up in the Protestant faith and I had known Jesus and walked with Jesus many, many years before I learned more about Catholicism and decided that that was the route I wanted to take. The, the want that I had was more specifics about the Catholic faith. Um, the RCA program at St. Mary's was beautiful and very eye-opening in, in some regards and, and wonderful reminders about what it means to be a Christian and know Jesus and walk with Jesus. And having known that growing up with that, I was very confident and comfortable in in those um, parts of, of being a Christian. I was, I was looking for more specifics about Catholicism, which I now know comes in the fourth part of the RCAA program. <laughs> so again, like Maria said, even even as a, a a longtime Christian, always learning and always growing and and figuring out. I did a lot of research on my own and had a great um, mentor when I was going through the RCAA program that would answer every question I I would ask of him. And so um, it was. Definitely um, a beautiful, beautiful process. I was actually pregnant at the time with my daughter and so got to come into the faith um, with my my sweet baby. And, and it was wonderful, beautiful memories. Um, and so just, just getting to have a little more in depth. But I think that's part of growing in your faith even after RCAA is there's so much to learn and explore and understand 
Um, so that that it was it was beautiful. I would not offer that as constructive or critical feedback at all. Just um, it, it, RCAA is an awesome way to get an understanding, a true understanding of what it means to be Christian and to see the parts of the Catholic Church that make that us our church the real church. Yes, I always uh, tell people whether they are cradle Catholics or people coming into the church. Our faith journey is like trying to drink the ocean, mm. and there's no way you're going to do it. It's just there's so much of it there. And so, you know, the challenge is to being open to learning every single day. You're learning something new that God wants to share with you. And so as long as we're open to that, we're on the right track. I like it's that. when we That's think we know analogy. everything, mm-hmm. then we're done. Yep. And far too many people are perfectly satisfied with where they are in their faith life. Right. And we either grow or we die. Mm-hmm. And same thing holds for our faith. So I like your perspective. Thank Very you. well put. <laughs> All right. Back to our topic at hand. Uh, and either one of you all can dive in on this. What makes Catholic education different from public education? Oh, Deacon, that's a big mm-hmm. question. There are so yes. many parts to that. I will say my first 16 years was in public ed. And so I have a lot of wonderful, amazing memories and experiences and learned and so much about teaching and learning through public education and, and incredibly grateful for that opportunity. I think the difference for me personally, uh, and particularly as um, an administrator is seeing kids who are struggling or kids who are, who need support or who are reaching out, um, in, in one way or another who in public school, I had to be very careful about how I offered support through the lens of faith and in Catholic education, I can say to a kid, hey, can we pray about this together? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing more special than to have a kid in your office who's going through some mm-hmm. difficult times and stop and pray with them. And just having mm-hmm. the the freedom to say, I believe in Jesus and to talk openly about God and our faith, that has been such a gift for me over the course of this last year that I had to be very careful about previously. And for me, being able to tie the beauty of education with my faith, it, there's absolutely nothing like it. And and for that, I'm very, very grateful and, and can see that as a very distinct difference between public education and even private education that's not faith-based to specifically what Catholic education can offer. And I think that if I can jump in and say my perspective is um, also somebody from the outside coming in from a a TV world or the broadcasting world, which likewise, Mm -hmm. like you said, Ms. Mishler, I had to really watch what I said. Even if I wore a cross, you know, my news director might come and say, oh, you might, you know, reconsider that because we don't want to alienate some of our viewers. And so I had to really... um, 
even when we talked about Christmas, you know, and I, I, I did the forecast out as a meteorologist. So I, of course, I said, oh, for your Christmas forecast, this is what we can expect. But, oh, if I said anything about Jesus or anything specific about my family went to mass or whatever, I would say I had to just watch my words. And how beautiful it was when there had been an Amber Alert th- that day, in this specific day I'm thinking about in class. And one of the young sixth graders raised her hand and I could see by her face, you know, something was going on. I said, yes, what's up? You know, let me let me know. Can I help you? She goes. Can we please pray? Because I I heard there was an Amber Alert. And, you know, we had already started the class, but we stopped and we prayed Mm -hmm. for the Amber Alert. So that is 100% something that you cannot emphasize enough. The ability to uh, just on a daily basis, be surrounded by people who are willing to pray for you, pray with you, and that it's not just religion class or theology class, that the theme of God and God's love and, you know, Jesus's sacrifice for all of us, it's, it's, it permeates throughout every class. In math class, you're also able to talk about, you know, God's great design and his mm-hmm. intellectual ability to inspire the human mind to think about these things. And and to to answer our students' questions, which are many about science versus religion, and well, how did this really happen? And if God really exists, how can this happen? You know, mm-hmm. and and that we can have prayer services for the Ukraine, and when the Uvalde, you know, tragedy happened, that we can all come together as a community and pray, do something very specific about it. That's 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 a huge gift, a treasure, I think, in Catholic Catholic education. Yeah, you mentioned prayer services, Maria, and I will say one of the most special memories as both an educator and as a mom, because my four kids are also going to St. Joe's, is um, this last spring we added some opportunities for our kids to go to prayer services. We had um, adoration, we had a praise and worship time, we um, did uh, a school-wide rosary, and Getting to sit in adoration mm. with my personal children at school, where I'm also the principal, there's nothing like it. Mm. And so, Amen. excuse me. Ooh. It's emotional. It, it, is. it really it, is to yeah. see our kids and kind of, um, I, I agree 100%, kind of share in that m- beautiful moment mm-hmm. of, of witnessing their faith and that you get to also be a part of the administrative process of having this gift given to our children is a beautiful experience that, that you just can't explain really in words unless you have lived it. But that's what we're going to try to do right now yes. is kind of explain it. <laughs> Hopefully it is emotional. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Want to remind all our listeners, you're listening to the Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Deacon Mike Beauvais, and we're talking with Julia Mishler, the principal, and Maria Sotolongo, the director and of development and admissions at St. Joseph's Catholic School. And I'm a product of public education. My dad was in the military, so we didn't always have access to Catholic schools mm-hmm. and would have been crazy to try to get enrolled in a Catholic school and then mm-hmm. move right, s- right. six months later. And I would never say anything negative about Catholic uh, public schools because I got a quality education, but mm-hmm. I think so much of it is dependent on your parents' involvement sure. in the education. Mm-hmm. And uh, But – also, I grew up when we still had religious education in public schools. Mm. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I, in Germany, when I first went to school, you had either 
a Lutheran religious education class or a Catholic religious education education class in for one of your sessions. So, mm-hmm. uh, which of course we no longer have. But I would like for you all to comment on the importance of addressing our students in their entirety. And I think this is one of the things that you cannot do in public schools because we do not acknowledge that we're spiritual beings. Mm -hmm. And so what is the benefit of being allowed to speak to the spiritual side of students, which isn't happening in our public schools and you're denying the fact that they have that aspect to their Mm -hmm. nature? Mm -hmm. I I would start by saying when you brought, you said that their whole being, we this last spring did a um, a lot of work with our staff and our parents and our community at large to redefine what the work at St. Joseph Catholic School specifically means on a day-to-day basis. And so we revised our mission statement and created a vision statement for what does that look like even in you know 50 years from now what what are we aspiring to and and part of our mission statement we we held true to some of the history also of of the school and the the rephrasing that we we worked up was we formed the whole student mm-hmm. mind body and spirit in a catholic environment committed to a culture of belonging so i think to answer your question that spiritual component is getting to see all the way down into their soul and getting to talk and ask questions that are bigger than just me individually. And that allows me that sense of belonging to see where I play as a human, as a child of God, in the rest of, of the the school, the class, my family, my, my soccer team, or, or my cheerleading squad. How do I play into that as a whole student? And being able, like I kind of go back to the previous question, being able to openly talk about mm-hmm. that. And share that part of myself where in in public school so often you have to to shield that mm-hmm. as opposed to sharing it. And I think there's a special place for that in, in Catholic education. And our kids, one of the electives that they take is religion and theology class. And there are some very deep discussions that are held in particularly mm-hmm. in the upper grades um, about what is what does my faith mean? How does that how do I relate that to what's going on in society? You know, Supreme Court decisions and all kinds of different things that we take the perspective of the spirit or the spiritual side of the discussion that so often can get intentionally or maybe unintentionally left to the side in an, a non-Catholic environment. I, I mean, of course, I think uh, coming in as a, again as a new part of uh, <laughs> of the school and the community. Um, I can tell you, having been in in Catholic school my whole life, I and just specifically to talk about St. Joe's because that's what where we are right now. But the the spirit itself, you know, that's mm-hmm. also been one of the the phrases that we've used at St. Joe's is the spirit of St. Joseph. And it having been the year of St. Joseph and um, having just re-emerged into more and more, more or less normal um, school mm-hmm. year, um, I think that the time now is is more important than ever to really be able to 
let our children talk about their faith, not water it down. And yes, learn all those links that come between the mind, body and spirit and what that is, you know, and have those conversations, like I said, not not just at home or in religion class, but that that students know they can ask these questions that are related to our faith and to the Catholic faith specifically, of course, throughout any class, because I I was also in part of uh, I taught Spanish um, for a little bit at St. Joe's. And so I had some of the students, you know, mm-hmm. ask me about, well, can I ask you, Miss Sotolongo, what happened with those crusades in Spain? Weren't those so horrible? And wasn't that Catholic? And, you know, so we were able to talk about that in Spanish class. But random questions come up. And I know that in talking to other teachers, that these kids can ask at any given point, and they're not going to be turned away, nor are we going to say, ask your parents. That our parents understand that at our school, we are going to talk about God Mm -hmm. and we are going to try to answer your children's questions in a respectful Catholic driven way. It's again, I just can't reiterate enough what what St. Joe's has. Deacon, you know it and maybe families listening know it. But if you are listening and you don't know it, you need to come drink the Kool-Aid <laughs> because it is magical. And and we all know what's happening to enrollment throughout all of the schools, right? Public went through also a, a, a little bit of a dip or a big dip in enrollment mm-hmm. and Catholic schools did too. But now we're seeing numbers coming up and and people wanting this Catholic education. And so it's just a joy. It's a joy to be able to offer this, to be able to form our students, our children in, in a whole, in their entirety, uh, all of their aspects of their, of their humanity, but also their divinity. I would imagine, based on what I hear the, both of you saying, that one of the challenges for public schools is how do you keep from being intellectually dishonest in answering some of the questions of the students without mm-hmm. breaching the rules of public schools? Which, in a Catholic school, you don't have to worry about how do I define what a person is? How do I? Right. What makes us male and female? Mm-hmm. Why do I have a conscience? These things that, especially adolescents, struggle with. Mm-hmm. You're not restricted in addressing them honestly, and I I seriously believe that it's a question of intellectual honesty because so often we deny facts that everyone knows mm-hmm. in order to be politically correct or to stay within the boundaries of what is acceptable behavior in our culture. So speak a little bit about being allowed the freedom to speak honestly to the kids. I will say, again, having been in education for going on 18 years, kids are smart. And they know when there's something being held back or they know when they're not necessarily getting the full answer or when the person giving the answer has to be a little guarded or or is trying to kind of work around the heart of the, the answer. And I think... That that is such a difficult place to put us as the adults in when we're where we we have the answer and we want to share because we believe that our job is to get every kid to heaven, that 
in public school, I can't share with you everything that I I know to be true that could help you through where you're at, the questions you're asking in life right now. And it is, it is a very, very difficult place for our, our public school educators to be in. And so certainly, you know, keeping public school and, and our, our friends still have many, many colleagues in public school and, and that know that they are going through that daily struggle and they believe so fiercely in education in general that they are able to weather that storm. I will say in, in Catholic education, it is, it's, it's life giving Mm -hmm. to be able to sit down and have a raw, honest conversation. And a lot of times for myself being, having to say, I don't know yet. Mm -hmm. Let me get back to you. Right. And being able to say that to a, a young student who realizes, like we mentioned earlier, we're always learning or always growing and always coming across things that we never even considered mm-hmm. before and leave it to the mind of a child to ask the just right question <laughs> that gets right. us really thinking and pondering. But the beauty is we have that opportunity to engage with them in that conversation without any restrictions. And and that, like I said, it is, it is freeing. It is, there's, there's no stress involved about, am I going to say it Mm -hmm. and get in trouble or cross the boundary? As far as St. Joseph's is concerned, if it is in alignment with the Catholic faith and it founded by the tenets of our, our Catholicism, we're going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, that I think is, it's, been a mindset shift for me coming from public to private to kind of say it it's actually okay I can have this conversation when they ask those questions and and I'll say the kids ask beautiful <laughs> questions <laughs> yes very unexpected questions sometimes and like you said Ms. Mitchell sometimes you don't know the answer and that you can explore it with them and then ask others well what do you think or why well, heard this and well, does this verse in the Bible say that? And you really can open up, and, and that's a really wonderful way to put it, uh, Deacon, the intellectual freedom mm-hmm. that that we do have because we know that we are in the safe space of we are a Catholic school. And we are also, I, I want to just as a side note say, I think as a— um, the success of a school and a parish, I believe, it's just my opinion, is 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 really determined by the communication between, for example, the principal and the pastor. And I have witnessed, so I'll give you some inside information, that Miss um, <laughs> Mishler and Father Brian, I mean— she said it herself. Can I say what she said? She looks she worried. Goes, Wait a minute. Well, she goes, she, goes, I no. she goes, I'm taking the call. But you'll take it. Um, I had to tell. I, have, I am whispering. Okay. That I said, you know, um, we were having a conversation and her phone was ringing and she didn't answer it for several times. And then she told me the only person I will take phone calls from when I'm in a meeting is Father Brian. And I think that, you know, listeners need to understand how important that is because that's so beautiful to witness and to see the um, the union between the school and the parish mm-hmm. and that we are supported in the vision and in the education and in the instruction, et cetera. 
because the pastor of St. Joseph Catholic Church is working alongside and very aligned with Mm -hmm. the principle of St. Joseph Catholic School. And that really is, I think, what makes this particular Catholic education platform right here in Bryan, Mm -hmm. College Station area, just so remarkable. It is a treasure. It is a hidden gem. And I just can't say enough about whoever might be listening that does not know about the beauty of Catholic education, you know, please inquire because that's also sometimes what, what people don't do because they think we can't afford it. Mm -hmm. And as a firsthand experience uh, family, I want to say, please do ask about that because we have that available for families and that should not be a deterrent and, uh, you know, kind of a barrier from allowing you to have that Catholic education. I was going there next, but before <laughs> I go there, yes. uh, one thing you said just before that, and I think it uh, struck a chord with me, is what you're talking about is that there's trust between the pastor and the mm. school. Tremendous. And I think this is so important Absolutely. that they're not working at, at odds. Exactly. At one's odds. trying to do this, one's trying to do right. that. And I think to truly have a Catholic school— mm-hmm. And we see this a lot in colleges. There's Mm -hmm. a disconnect between how do we teach the faith and how do we teach traditional education. education. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that trust that both of you working towards the same goal, it isn't going to work. And what you're describing is that at St. Joseph's, it works. Oh, it's there. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And and I will say, Father Brian, he, he came to St. Joseph's about four months before I got there. And so for both of us to be new, I think offered an mm-hmm. opportunity unique to our school and our parish to be able to kind of sync up and, and get very quickly in alignment because we had some work to do together mm-hmm. that allowed us those opportunities to have conversations about, well, tell me what's important to you as the pastor of the church in the school. And I got to share some things that were f- philosophically important to me from the lens of education. And it was a beautiful opportunity to have that conversation and, and get in that alignment that has now led us a year later to some really remarkable changes that the school has gone through of, of, and also preparing us for what is to come. Um, and I will say, I would like to to pause just a moment and and say to Father Brian and, and the rest of the the priests at all of our mm-hmm. in our local deanery and then extended out from there, we have a lot of support mm. from our local priests for St. Joseph Catholic School as the Catholic school in the Brazos Valley. They are committed to providing our students in our community a Catholic education and um Part of that goes into, I think, what we're getting ready to talk about next is some financial assistance and, and things like that. What what does it take to offer Catholic education to somebody who might be considering it? I will say all of our, our local parishes partner with us in helping to reduce the tuition rate for students if they, if they are actively involved in their home parish and decide they want to come to St. Joseph's. We have an, a, a, a group of priests who are committed to making that happen from the the five parishes here in town and then extended out from that just a little bit further to some some other local parishes that that surround us. So that that in and of itself mm-hmm. is also a gift that not only is it the the great connection between father and I, but the extension of that mm-hmm. to the deanery and even beyond. 
Before we go into that, I want to remind our listeners, you're listening to the Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Deacon Mike Beauvais, and we are talking to Julia Mishler, the principal, and Maria Sotolongo, the director of development and admissions at St. Joseph's Catholic School. And what do you say to a parent that says, well, I would love to have my kids in Catholic school, but I heard the price is just way out of our range. And how do you respond to that? That is not 100% accurate, correct? (laughs) Let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, again, I can't say enough, or even in my own family, I won't say which member of my family, but you know who you are, um, that will not send their children to Catholic school because they think that it's their job to to do the, the teaching and because it's too expensive. And so when we talk about the options that we have at St. Joe's, they are just thrown back in in what? That's phenomenal. So, Ms. Mitchell, I'll allow allow you to give a little bit more details about that, but certainly talk to us about what tuition assistance we have, because it really um, can make a big difference and you will be able to afford it. If that is what you want, God will 100% help you and guide you. And of course, St. Joe's will too. I would say we have approximately 40% of our student body who in some way, shape or form, whether it's through scholarship or financial assistance, um, is receiving some sort of uh, opportunity to offset the cost of the tuition to be able to attend St. Joe's. I know sometimes for me personally, I think that somebody else can use that money and send their kid or that I I wouldn't qualify for financial assistance or maybe it still is just, just out of reach. And like Maria said, I, I would encourage anybody to just come and ask because we do have opportunities to help offset that. Um, part of Maria's job is to help us do some fundraising and help us to reach out to donors and make connections with the people in our community who also support Catholic education that help make up that difference. And so really, as far as, as Maria knows, the sky's the limit for how mm-hmm. much financial assistance we can <laughs> offer and how many kids we can get in the door, because that is kind of, as we get more kids in that her goal just gets higher and higher and, and she's a go-getter and mm-hmm. is, is incredibly energetic toward reaching that and offering that to our, our families and our kids. There's no reason why you can't afford Catholic education. Mm-hmm. And, and it may be where we, we do a short term agreement where, you know, we kind of phase in to a, a more traditional financial payment plan kind of a thing. But there, please don't let finances be the reason why your kid mm-hmm. doesn't get an amazing Catholic education and traditional education all at the same time. That should be the last mm-hmm. hurdle for any family to to overcome because that's that falls to us. We get to help you manage mm-hmm. that. Um, so that would that would be my encouragement to families who might think, you know, I still it's just a lot of money, or I have multiple kids. How yes. can I put all of them in at the same time? We have ways to to help that burden not be a burden and and take some of that ownership as the school so that all of your children would be able to say, I'm a St. Joseph Catholic school Eagle. Mm -hmm. Amen. Wonderful. (laughs) 
Now, we only have about five minutes left, so what I'd like each of you all to tell me is what you feel most excited about about the future of St. Joseph's. Good question. Tegan, we only have five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I left it for the end. Wow. Okay. So I will start by saying I, my, my, my brain works from a very conceptual level. Um, big thinker, dreamer, visionary, that, that is where I naturally go. And I will tell you, Deacon, I can see a few years from now, the school bustling with activity and just that that there is, um, even from this the end of this first year, the the level of excitement and momentum that we're starting to build, seeing that play out over the course of the next few years is incredibly exciting for me. Um, we at, over the course of this last year wrote our long range plan and started to put together kind of those the dots on the map to connect where we're going and just being able to see just a glimpse of what we're doing this year and how that's going to play out in the future. It's thrilling. It really is. And to know that there is ownership from the staff and support from our families and our parish and just this sense and attitude of let's make it happen Mm -hmm. is you, that, that is something that, only God's hand can can bring all of those things together at the same time to make it happen. And getting to sit back and watch and see mm-hmm. all of it take place is it it really is inspiring and, and very energizing. Even when, the, you know, at the end of the day, you've been on your feet all day. It still mm-hmm. is such a beautiful thing to see and, and truly get to witness God's hand at work. Well, yeah, what would you add to that? I am just thrilled about all of the events that we have coming up, not only because of the fundraising ability of these events, but because of that sense of community and Mm -hmm. the families getting together, the kids enjoying all of these things that we've got planned, whether it is that like a family work day, which really is just a family work day and an ice cream social. But then there's also, of course, our big dinners and our big, you know, fundraising, really more um I guess, big appeals that are coming up. And we will love to share about the heart of uh, Jesus appeal that is going to be coming out soon. So stay tuned for that. But I think the events is really what is uh, just outstanding that, that they have such a variety of, of events for whatever one family might like this and the other family likes that and everything, every month we've come up with uh, planned events and specific uh, get togethers with different uh, goals in mind, but I think that's what I'm most excited about, just getting all the families together and being able to make the school. But it's kind of like a cycle, isn't it? In meteorology, it's the water cycle. <laughs> well, this is the this is like the faith cycle, right? The the Catholicism cycle that we the more we uh, pour into our children, then the more they're going to pour into their families and the families are going to pour out into the community. And then it just all goes around in a, in a cycle. So thank you for having us, Deacon. Oh, it is my pleasure, and I'm going to tell you all my dream for St. Joseph's. Yes. That with the help of the Catholic community, that every child that wants a Catholic education can have one. Amen. Mm. Amen. Thank you both. I think it's absolutely wonderful, the work that you're doing, and 
above all the enthusiasm you bring into that work. Uh, and I think that, you know, this is what we need in mm-hmm. our world. Uh, but also the fact that as we were talking about that, you know, the Catholic education is special. St. Joseph provides that in our community. And so if parents are thinking about mm-hmm. what they're going to do with their kids this fall, check out St. Joseph's. Go online. Yes. Watch the videos. You can apply online or give us a call. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, we have a minute left. Tell me briefly why someone should check out St. Joseph's. <laughs> The community. I think it's what I have said that that's what I will, I would put in one word. I would say belonging, belonging to something that is bigger than yourself, that is rooted in what you believe, what, what you believe in and that you feel like is going to fulfill the whole you, your mind, your body, and your spirit. That to me is, is critical. That, that sense of belonging. Yes. And I think that is so important for our young people who for the most part, seem lost mm-hmm. in the world that we live in. And having that community, that sense of knowing who you are, mm-hmm. knowing who God created you to be is so important for them. Thank you again for being on the show. It has been my pleasure. It has been absolutely wonderful. Uh, I want to remind all our listeners that uh, next week we have another roundup planned and it is going to be absolutely wonderful. So tune in for that. And Until then, when considering the many ways that you might share your time, talents, and treasures with the people of God, always round up.